Hello, welcome to episode number 305 of the Apple Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. This podcast is brought to you in part by AIXDSP.com. Get affordable and useful plugins. Get the IC Intuition Compressor. It's a compressor that gives you a clear and intuitive visual display that shows exactly what is happening to your audio at all times. Click the link in the description for more information. If you want to support my work, uh, you can go to Patreon, patreon.com slash Pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees. You can cancel any time. Go buy a t-shirt at appalog.ca. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Give it some stars, please. Like and share on Facebook, facebook.com slash Pod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simonhead666. Got the burps. Today on the show of Mr. Danny Lage. Danny uh, has has released a new album. It's called Danny Lage and the Looks, and the album is called Ten Easy Pieces. And it's coming out on We Are Busybody Records, and it is a pop soaked in sweetness with a touch of rasp. And it's fun to listen to. Turns out um, when we start talking, Danny and I have probably known each other on Facebook for like eight years, which is weird. It's a weird one. So yeah, Danny was a was a fun guest and fun to talk to, coming to us all the way up in the northern territories of Sudbury, Ontario, where he calls home, uh, originally from Kirkland Lake. So everybody, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Mr. Danny Lage on the Apply Podcast. Everybody just called me Lage for years. I used to play bass in all the punk bands. Oh, yeah. Which ones? Well, I mean, in, in up north in Kirkland Lake, you know, so I was like in bands called The Awesome Team, Swank, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of stuff. When that stuff went down, those in the 90s kind of thing, you know. Yeah. We I'm all started somewhere. We all started in halls, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a Toronto boy. So I, I, I came up there a few times up in the Sudbury area with a band called Trigger Happy. Uh, oh, yeah. Red Fisher. Um, I tour managed a bunch of bands and did sound for bands like SNFU. Uh, who else went up there? I don't know. But you're in Sudbury, right? I'm in Sudbury now, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that, I know, we seem to move every three years. We seem to go somewhere. I mean, it's just, I think it's just, just kind of uh, the musician kind of yeah. life. It's like, you know, okay, these three years will work here and we'll, we'll try to pile. I, you know, I, I'm originally from Northern Ontario, Kirkland Lake, actually. So it's like, I know the North. So it's like, when I come back, it's like, you know, I kind of know everybody here and then, you know, yeah. and I get sick of everybody quick and they get sick of me and they, you know, it's that kind of thing. So, you're in the big city of Sudbury. We're all the big yeah. city, the big city, well, the big smoke. In, the, in Northern Ontario, it is the big city, right? That's so, right. Except for Timmins. Timmins is a bigger city. No, it's not. Not anymore. Well, I remember that someone told me, maybe it was one of those small town pride things where it's like Timmins is like, the largest, well, one of the largest cities in, well, you know, what land wise, right? right. So it, they, they say Timmins is the size of uh, Toronto land wise, and it is pretty spread out. But I mean, as far as big population, that kind of thing, no, Sudbury is definitely the, the biggest uh, place, right? Because well, yeah, 
I mean, I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot of small town pride in different smaller towns where people say like, oh. we're the largest city that has ducks in it or something like they'll make some weird statistic like we we got oh, yeah. we got we went to like grand prairie and grand prairie apparently has the largest regional airport in alberta right I'm like okay what was that i don't know what that means but i'm sure right. it's important it means something but it's, it's important it's a reason to exist for them you know <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's, but I, I'm from Kirkland Lake, right? It's like, you know, what you're going to hear about Kirkland Lake. Oh, well, we got the deepest gold mine in North America yeah. or, 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 or we, we have the most NHL players per capita, which yeah. is, which is true. Right. But, um, but it's just one of those things. It's like, yeah, of course we're going to take, you know, you know, what we have and we're just going to put ourselves on the map kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I love it though. I love, I love yeah. the fact that's something if you get picked up somewhere and someone's driving you and they have to tell you a statistic, like for instance, the town I live in is the trail capital of Canada. Oh, well, you're in Richmond Hill, right? I'm in, I'm in Uxbridge, which is Uxbridge, the right. trail capital of Canada. Um, right. And I've been to places like Jasper and Banff and I they, think they got nicer trails than, than Uxbridge does. Probably, I can almost guarantee. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, like I don't know. I, I don't want to. I don't want to diss Uxbridge, but yeah. it's like, you know, I, I'm pretty sure the trails are better out east on Cambridge Island um, than they would be in Uxbridge. I don't know. We get the the what's called. We have the Trans Canadian Trail. Actually, part of the what do they call it? The Great Trail goes through, but it actually goes from here and it goes east. But I don't know which way how to get to it to go e uh, west. So right. uh, it, it I can get I can ride a bicycle to Ottawa. But I, right. I don't know how to get anywhere west of here from using this great Canadian trail system is it, we have. Is it just as dangerous for coyotes where you are? <laughs> well, yeah. a lot of it's yeah. railroads. You ride on the railroads, and it's actually it's quite um, it's quite neat because you use, there's skidoo trails in the winter, and then you just sort of right. you can just ride, and there's no like big mountainous hills. You just keep keep going. Like I rode sixty kilometers yesterday. I feel it, yeah. but but I I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm getting on in age, but it's a it's a fun ride. Yeah. But enough yeah, but about me. Probably, yeah, well, no, well, let's talk about your age a bit more. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's like, you know, if it gets harder, it's probably good for you. Yes, right? that's true. That's true. So. Yeah. So, so you know, so we so we have started, just so you know. Um, oh, right on. Yeah. So so you 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 came up in the 90s and and, and you did you travel much out of out of that area? Did you travel? I mean, we would we would do, you know, we would do these tours with. But when I started, uh, you know, I think I, I played my first show in 1996 at the Polish Hall in Kirkland Lake, Ontario, which, mm -hmm. you know, the Polish Hall had this whole history. Uh, actually, Chuck Angus told me the story about it one day. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, Polish Hall, really cool, man. Uh, you know, all the miners would go to work and then every day they'd buy a two by four. And then eventually they had enough two by fours to build this Polish Hall or whatever. But that's what that's where I played my first show. And I played with a band called Swankin. But we go we would go around, you know, we'd play New Liskard, Sudbury. North Bay, and then there'd be some towns in northern Quebec that you could play to as well. We've done that kind of thing. And then there's Timmins that you can play as well. And that was going on in the 90s, like, you know, halls, church basements and that kind of stuff. And that's not going on anymore. And so you go up there and there's not that much of a scene. Like I remember the shows had 200, 300 people all the time. It's not till I moved to Toronto that I realized that there wasn't 300 people at every show. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. because I, we were used to having this scene where we would get buses from every small town would come down. People had hooked up through the Sears Fest drama festival and all the punks and, 
you know, and then it's like buses are getting organized and three bands from, you know, you end up with these bills with like 12 to 14 bands kind of thing, but it was super inspiring. You're like, oh, okay. And then you end up getting all these punk records from the merch table. And then you'd learn about other bands that way. And then zines and that kind of stuff, you know, that's, that's not the world we live in anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah, I went, yeah, well, I lived in, in Winnipeg, played in that band Red Fisher, and the same thing, right. you'd drive out to Brandon, there'd be like 500 kids to come see the show, yeah. and you're like, what else? Because there's nothing else to do, really. <laughs> and right. you know, when a band comes into town, you're like, holy shit, there's something to do. The problem with Toronto is that every there's always a band playing in Toronto, and yeah. uh, it's not as much as, an, an, as a happening as it would be Northern I, Ontario, right? I think it was, yeah, exactly. And then I think, that, and I mean... You know, and I think I think No Means No had done that where they would just do tours where it was just small towns they played and that kind yeah. of thing instead of playing the cities and like crapping out and not making any money or whatever. I don't know what the reason exactly was, but it was still pretty cool. Like being a small town kid, seeing these bigger bands come in. And then like, I, you know, I remember I would think I was 16 years old and I was like, you know, No Use for a Name was playing in Timmins. And yeah, I was yeah. like, so I went and I met like, you know, that uh, Tony Sly or whatever. And he's like, just talking to me. I'm like, what? That guy's talking to me. It's like, it was surreal. But, you know, yeah. really. But, you know, do you are you going to get the? I, I think Timmons still had shows at the working class with the bigger bands till recently, till it closed recently. But I mean, yeah. if you're a guy from Kirkland Lake, you don't really get that kind of thing anymore. Yeah, you know, I think Gob would come around Kirkland and that, that kind of thing. Um, I think they played there once or whatever, but you know, you don't really get that as much as what it used to be. And these approachable people and these cool people that, that, you know, it's as soon as you see them play, you're like, I can do that too. And I can be one of them people. It's that inspiring simplicity of a punk ethic. Yeah. There was a guy in Timmins that we met. His name is Jamie Dagg. He's actually a filmmaker now, but he brought trigger happy to Timmins and we played in a, in a house and, uh, We played our set and then we sat down and had conversations with like, we had like almost like a and a period. Like people mm-hmm. are like, so how do you do this? <laughs> you know, we're like kind of, yeah. oh, you just, you just, you go you and you, you do it. You go and you go and you do it and you get out of town. And, you know, and at that moment we were staying in these guys' houses and that black album by Metallica had come out and they just right. played it nonstop. And yeah, uh, that I was like, that was Timmons, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably still happening. Like that yeah, record's yeah. probably still I, I, playing loud and it, proud. It's probably the, that exact same record as well. It's never <laughs> been thrown out while taken care of. It's yeah, not with that record. Yeah, and then so like cut to a couple of years later, uh, Jamie brought Red Fisher to Timmins, and we played in somebody's backyard. It might have been his, but we borrowed the stage from this little local bar. Like we had right. to take the stage back. Like in our van to back to the to the thing, and he had like snow fence up around the you know, and he was, was it the, was it the victory lounge? It might have been. Did, did, yeah, yeah, did the, the vid sta- or whatever. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. Did the stage yeah. room like come out? Because I remember it yeah. being in sections and going, oh, okay, like this is what we're doing. Okay, so we ended up like putting all the stage in our van, and we had to, to take a couple of runs to get it back. But yeah, that was sort of like there was always like that. There was always somebody in every town that did that, you know, that sort of understood like in Thunder Bay, it was Eric Weller, uh, with right. head cramp, uh, in Sault Ste. Marie, it was, um, a band called the inner city surfers. And they kind of brought people right. and room 204, uh, right. Sudbury had the townhouse. Like there was always like yeah. this thing, yeah, this community. Right. And, and, you know, Paul would have been the guy for Sudbury. Paul sorry. What? Yeah. Yeah, Paul. Paul he actually plays on on this new record. He plays a smile. He plays keyboard on. It. No way. Yeah. yeah. So oh, it's, man. That's, you know, so I might as well bring that up. Yeah. But yeah. Well, Paul, you have an album. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we we do have one. If you want to hear it, it's uh, great. Yeah. I have it here. Actually, I was listening to it. I'm like, 
it's yeah immediately chad sent me the thing i'm like this is amazing like there's so many different uh influences that i hear you know all the way from like you know beach boys to elvis costello to like i don't know like name it the stones everything is in there it's all kind of like Chad, you know yeah. it's like you know and like for me i think I, I tell the i think in the press release that you have i'm not sure which one you have i don't, mm. I don't know what really goes out there but um i know in the one i had talked about where um there was this radio station in Kirkland Lake and I was working for my dad's company or my dad's company was fixing the radio station, renovating it or whatever in the, in the rummage. And this is one of the life changing things for me. It's like 1994. I remember this. And I found in there, I found, you know, it was a bunch of 45s, um, old country stuff or whatever. But in there I had found a promo copy of uh, the undertones and teenage kicks and uh, the picture of my face by a teenage head in that same thing. I put on to be to be honest, the undertones is the first one. It's just I never heard anything that fresh mm -hmm. ever in my life. And it, it, you know, nineteen ninety four, and that just that direct that single was probably fourteen years old at that yeah, time. Yeah, and I heard year. that, and it was just so fresh. I've never heard anything like that. And then I found the teenage head one in there, and I was like, "What the hell is this sound? What's going mm -hmm. on?" I was a kid who listened to a lot of Beatles and the Stones and that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, you, you know, the Kinks. So it all made the Who and whatever that made sense to me. But I never heard anything like that, quite like that. You know? mm -hmm. you know, and that changed everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's you know, it's funny when you say like Beatles and Stones, because that's what Teenage Head would have listened to. And that's what exactly early New Wave stuff. And it all comes from some like place like that. But you, you capture it well. like and, and so you recorded it, most of you yourself? Like, how did you? Yeah, did... well, I, I started, you know, I what I like to do is I have this four track and I like to like kind of just lay down songs on it. I've just been, you know, I, I think it was around 93, 94. It's, there was a, I went to a high school there in, in Kirkland Lake and it was a French high school and they didn't really have a music program, but they had this art room where you can just do all kinds of stuff and nobody would really use it. Um, so there was an eight track in there, this Yamaha thing. And I just started recording myself and that's how I started sort of, and then eventually I just sort of just got it. Okay. All right. This is sort of how this works and all that kind of stuff. And, and then eventually I had this four track and I just kept using it for that. And I still, to this day, like just write on it just cause it feels natural. I like having the knobs. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's a very simple blue task cam thing. Yeah. And uh, so between tours or whatever, I always lay down songs on there, songs on there, but I end up having a whole bunch of tapes. It's sort of like, you know, a bunch of tapes, little cassette tapes, eight track tapes, four track tapes. And I just throw them in there and see what I got in there. And it's like, oh, I remember that one and that kind of thing. And and I pieced a whole record that way um, in, in the last couple of years. And eventually I was like, OK, I got enough songs for that. So Jeanette, who, who tours with me, um, we live together and we had a friend, Dusty, who, who plays drums. I, and, you know, I ended up doing some construction job for a while. And he was like. He's like, hey, man, I'd love to play on in your band. And he kept like, you know, for like a year, it's like kept asking me or eight months or whatever. And I was like, OK, well, you know what? You're kind of a hippie, but, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you can come in and jam. And, you know, we hit it off right away. We, we recorded the, this other tune that's going to be on another record. But it was just like, you know, he had the snap. He's like he's like one of those, you know, punk rockers that like kind of became a hippie somewhere through yeah. life. Yeah. you know um but, but which is cool like whatever like he's he's like you know yoga guy he can probably turn into a lightning bolt if he wants to kind of thing he's like <laughs> you know he's one of those guys but but he's an excellent drummer and, and, and very positive guy and very cool to hang out with so 
I just started building songs that way and whatever. So we eventually had a whole bunch of songs that I sent to our manager. And, you know, I, I think our manager was, I, I thought I was annoying him for a while. Cause it was like every like two days, like, oh, I got nothing. Listen to this, listen to that, listen to this. And it's like, you know, it's, eventually it turned out to be like, you know, 12 songs. And we ended up calling, calling it 10 easy pieces anyway. Cause we thought it was. Important. Yeah, no, and I, I, I uh, like I said, I haven't heard stuff like, you know, fresh, but has a place, you know, and it has a, a presence that, you know, feels good. Hooky, hooky. Thank you. No problem. You. It's a, uh, no, I love, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sucker for the hooks, you know, let's listen. Uh, if you don't mind, let's, let's hear no. the, the first song here. It's just apparently um, I got it in Detroit while we're on tour for like a hundred bucks, but it's mm. like, uh, but it's like a, you know, it was a recording mixer. It's got all the VUs and all that kind of stuff, but I just like, it sounds, it has that weird thick sound to it. Um, apparently, uh, you know, um, that's uh, Joe's garage by Frank Zappa was done on the same kind of. Oh, wow. I love that record. That's one of my, yeah. one of my favorite records of all time. Exactly. And that yeah. impressed me when I, I was reading about it and I was like, great. And then Dweezil Zappa had, had it after the one that after you know frank had died Dweezil wow. Zappa, Zappa yeah, had yeah. it and then um then uh, apparently lisa Loeb's record was done on one of those the one with uh you know the, those hits or whatever yeah the, the you say, what you yeah, want yeah yeah, yeah you say and that was, yeah yeah 
Wow. I think they were dating at the time, but yeah. all on one of those boards. And I was like, you know, man, I'm going to get this thing for a hundred bucks. Yeah. And I ended up going in, uh, you know, we're, I, I forget what we were doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is really cool. Um, we were finishing a tour and this whole tour for like a week. I'm like watching this thing on, uh, on the Kiji or I think it was marketplace. I always like put the name of the town kind of mm -hmm. thing. And then, um, and then, uh, you know, it's like Detroit. So I was, I think I was in Vancouver and I'm like messaging this lady. She's like, yeah, I still got it. And I was like, I'm going to pass through on this date kind of thing. And at the same time, when we got to, got to Detroit, my friend's like, Hey, I got some guided by voices tickets. If you want to go to the show, I'm like, no way. I love guided by voices. So we mm -hmm. went down and uh, the next day we picked up the mixing board and then, you know, brought it back to Canada and, you know, I've been using it. It's not, it's not the greatest board. I just like the way it sounds. I don't know. It's, yeah. It sounds thick enough for the drums. I, yeah. It doesn't have to be the fanciest thing. Sometimes you just figure out how it works, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, Ron Hawkins from Low to Low with his Do Good Assassins. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, 268 was done. 268? Yeah, the last album was done on a four track. Yeah. Yeah, great album. Great. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. There's, a, there's no right or wrong way to do it. No. Uh, no. You know, we have, we have so many options nowadays that you just pick one and just get good at that one. Yeah. You know? And that's, people like think about like, you know, you know, and I fell into it. I got to read it, but it's like, you know, you don't need all these plugins. You don't need, you just need to know how to work an EQ properly. You need to know how to work compression properly. Just read up about it. It's so easy nowadays, mm -hmm. like, yeah. you know, and that's it, you know, and learn how to track something that sounds okay. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. It needs to feel good and it needs to, you know, yeah. I think we're coming around a corner with uh, perfection in music uh, with especially yeah. with pop music. I, like, I think we've had enough. It's too bland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? And it always goes in a circle, right? Where some, all of a sudden it's like, you know, we had the strokes that had like a yeah. huge record um, done on a four track or maybe even an eight Very track. Rock and, and, you know, I yeah. think there's, there's a great podcast on, uh, uh, on Spotify right now. This is a, it's a white stripes one actually, mm -hmm. but it's really, really interesting because what happens at that time. And I remember that time cause I, it was 99, 2000, the first time I had moved to Toronto. And I remember, when the strokes just hit and i remember when the, the white stripes hit mm -hmm. and i remember how raw that sounded and i was like i was like wow that's on the radio like but that was amazing to hear on the radio and now you listen back to it it's like i can't you know if i want to get anything on the radio and i get it to sound that raw i can never pull that off that, that's nobody's going to put that uh, on the radio i, I know because you know, even some of my stuff, it's more garagey sounding than, and I know that, but I just, you know, that's what I listen to. I listen yeah. to these weird punk records, weird pop records, weird garage records. I want my shit to sound like that. Period. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard road to cross, right? It's yeah. But tough road to cross. Do we need, do we need the radio anymore? I mean, do we really need the radio? Uh, yes. Ooh. No, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, you know, I don't want to diss the radio because I like when they play me. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. But I, I think we're doing quite well without it. And I think, yeah. you know, as being an, a DIY musician for the most part, like, I mean, I, you know, I, I obviously I have labels and management and all that kind of stuff that I work with. But I mean, the essence of it is a very DIY thing. And, and that's how we started. And that's how we ended up meeting some people to work with. Right. Yeah. Um, but now with having all these different channels, we do have different opportunities that we would probably needed the machine to, to to have 30 years ago and you know you've probably been there at that time and yeah you know it, it, you're led by at one point you probably needed to be be signed to a label that had a lot of money and give you that machine push now we can sort of have a little machine but that works too because you know we don't need to be 
you know, these crazy big rock stars to actually have a sensible way of doing it. Right. Yeah. I keep changing my point, my, my thoughts on it. Every time I speak to somebody, yeah. like I had a guy, Cam Carpenter used to be like A&R at MCA records. And yeah, yeah. he would tell stories about like meeting Steve Earle at the, at the airport and being his day to day guy while right. Steve Earle's in town. But he would tell me that there was a machine. Like you talk about this machine. There was yeah. a, a an image machine. There was like, uh, a publicist, all these people that worked, they didn't care really about your music, but they were there to do their job, and their job was to move yeah. units. And part the of pack. me, part of me thinks it's not really a bro like that machine is doesn't work anymore. But no, but eh, you know, but there's nothing really wrong with it, right? There's nothing wrong with it. And here's a great example of it. That, that I love the, the talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah. By the way, but um, if you go down to it's a, the great example, if you go down to Detroit and you go down to the Motown uh, Museum. Okay, now the the machine isn't isn't necessarily a bad thing, you know. Sometimes they did it really well, and like all these Motown artists we know, and even even the Fortune Records is probably even you know a way cooler part of it. But when you visit this museum, um, they show you it's like that was where they did your makeup. This is where they show they made the they, you know like the Supremes for instance. They would walk in there. It's like okay, we're gonna this here's your vocal coach. Here's the person that's going to dress you. Here's this is the person that's going to show you how to dance. Here's the person that would show you how to act in front of the camera yeah. and how to do interviews. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So by the time they came, they called the hit factory because they, they literally made it happen. It was a package. And then the, as soon as they walk out that door, they were these stars. Right. And that's, that's the way Barry Gordy did it and everything. And, but, you know, the Supremes is just one example. There's the four tops There's everybody. They all, they did it to every act that went through there. Now, was that a bad thing? No, because, you know, that's some of the best music I've ever heard in my life that happened there. And they did it, they packaged it properly. Now, is that something that's good for Danny Elijah and the looks? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, how are you going to package us, right? I think we're yeah. become pretty well packaged the way we're going to. We're going to be packaged, you know? Well, I think you, you kind of said that without saying it. There's a level of honesty behind any artist in music and musician that is supposed to come through over the music and be part of the music. You know, the music is is, is 75% of it, but 25% is the person that's delivering it and how they're delivering it, right? Like, right. it has to be sort of like whoever is is saying a message they have to sort of be completely committed to it and I, i'm a broken record i've said this i don't care what the lyrics are as long as you mean it like that's why yeah. baby 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 by justin bieber was like a huge song because he really you know being a 14 year old kid he really meant that you know he's committed to that and I, I, you can't beat it right you can't beat that level of i don't i don't have a problem with justin bieber no no and it's like to me it's like that you know i look at something like that and if you understand a bit about what's going on it's like i see someone that's like E, way too young for what was going on to him. Yeah. And then and then another thing, I also see someone that's incredibly talented. And, and I know you've been around people that are that incredibly talented and everybody knows how to make a buck off someone that's very talented or whatever. So that's that's a tough job. I have a way easier than that guy. You know yeah. What I mean? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I toured a lot, a lot of ways. I know? toured a lot with some 41 in their early days. And same yeah. thing. I mean, like fame and success, even at that level it got a hold of, of Derek, you know, and it nearly brought him down, you know, well, and, let's face it, they were huge. Yeah. They still are, you know, and, and, and that's, that's a, I remember uh, actually with the band that I used to play in, I remember we played one night at the reverb and uh, some 41 was playing that night uh, before. And I think it might've been the show where 
I think Greg Norrie was there or whatever. It was weird. We were just one of the bands on the build. And was, they weren't even that big or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I vaguely remember this one, 99, 2000, I think exactly when it was. Yeah. And we played the same night or whatever. And then, you know, and then it, it just seemed like maybe four weeks, a month, two months later, they were like this big thing. And it was just blowing right up. But it just happened so damn fast. Yeah. It, actually, the story is interesting. Like, because I, I was, I worked at this club called Ted's Wrecking Yard for a while. Yeah, I, Yvonne was I, there. I, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I met I met Yvonne before, but yeah. I also I I met Ted. I love Ted. He's oh a, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny guy. Ted you know. and uh, John Arnott from Los Low was actually house guy, and a guy named Leslie. Right, we were right. three house guys. I was actually hired by Greg because I worked for Treble Charger for years to mm-hmm. be some forty ones like because they played a show a week at Ted's Wrecking Yard, and like people would fly up to come and that was their showcase. Right. And like Rob Cavallo came by and then there was some guy from this label and they'd every time they'd take them out, you know, these 18 year old yeah. kids to strip clubs and go party and do it. I don't know how they worked it out. But but yeah, I ended up touring with them for like 18 months after that, after they signed with Island and stuff. And um, and it was like, you know, you see that type of like there's a machine working and they had a con- they had a very good idea about it. They didn't want to bring a tour bus in and a, and a whole road crew and said they brought me. <laughs> In a van, right. and, so you had to deal with a with a with eighteen year old kids going through this. Yeah, yeah, I'd pick up the kids at their house, their parents' house, and their parents would take me aside. And I was in my early thirties, and he'd say, "These right. are our kids. You're taking our children on tour." I'm like, "Okay." You I'll. kind of you kind of understand what they're saying too. This yeah. I do now, and you are the person doing that. Yeah. yeah, my son is the age of Derek when they went on their first like North American tour. You know, yeah. and you know, you're telling these stories, and but but. But it's you know it, it they 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 had a like their management actually was brilliant because they didn't want to spend a lot of money which they didn't right. and they didn't want to show like they were spending a lot of money and people right. like uh, you know like uh, um, Fletcher well, wanted- from Pennywise and and Kerry King from Slayer like all these guys loved them because they were these these little punk metal dudes kids. you know and kids. They- yeah, and uh, you know, and there's something brilliant about that anyway. You yeah. just like it's, you just want to help them. Yeah, right? and they're just good dudes. You know, I remember the first day of the Warp Tour, we were with all these brand new road cases and stuff, and like we better put these in. We, we had to like sort of like we got to lay low here. You know, <laughs> we got to make yeah. sure we're not taking up too many, too much space. But yeah, so but, yeah, it's yeah, it's I, not it's not like those guys are not just regular dudes that like playing guitar and drums and whatever, like as much as anybody else either. Oh, you yeah. know, and that's one thing that people always forget. It's like, you know, it's like, well, oh, I met this, this, uh, this, this, this huge rock star and he was so nice, but I mean, like, he's no different than you. And the fact yeah. that you like to play guitar and listen to a bunch of punk records and love it as much as, you know, he just happens yeah. that it just worked out for him. You know, yeah. and, they took you know, my sorry ass to Europe to play open up for them. Like my band, like band of nobodies, nice. you know what I mean? They're just, but that's sort of a testament to what type of people they are. They're just, you know, and that to me is part of my point. You know, you, you, you mean what you say, people like what you, what your message is, right? Right. I, I, I mean, you know, it's sometimes the simplest lyric is the one that grabs everybody. Yeah. And, you know, I've, you know, I've noticed that before with, you know, some of my songs where it's like, you know, some of the people that sing back to us are just these, just, to me, it's like, oh, that's, you know, that's the one that was sort of like, you know, kind of dumb to me, but you know, I kept it. And you know, it's like when I, it's like there's a song on this record called uh, "Pick It Up." You know, it's like the simplest thing. It's like you know, it's like you know, I'm so in love with you. I want to dance with you. I want to 
I forget, but uh, anyway, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's so simple, but it's easy to grab. Yeah, and, yeah. and I mean it like, like what you said about me. And it's like, I told you me in every single one of those words. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess that that comes across good. I, I don't know. Let's hear it. Here it is.
Yeah. Oh, it's over. Um, <laughs> it's good to have. Yeah. Okay. That song's done. We've made a rule not to talk about a certain subject, which I think we should carry on. There's only one song. There's only this five men, like maybe five shows that we, that we haven't had to mention that word. So that's right. That's good. Let's not, let's not ruin that. It's like a, no. a good times. We're, we're on a good roll. Yeah, we are. We are. So when you, um, are you going to be coming down to Toronto? Like, is this gonna? Are you waiting to uh, to to actually tour this, or are you like a lot of people are just throwing it away, throwing this, not throwing it away, but doing the record, putting it out, and then doing a whole new record? Like, I mean, yeah, like I, I have a bunch of stuff recorded, we do, and that kind of thing. But yeah, we're gonna try to sneak some stuff in. You know, I mean, I think there was some talk even today about, you know, I just don't want to, you know, but there's some shows maybe in Quebec or right. whatever. I kind of think that might happen. Um, but, you know, it's, we got to, you know, move cautiously. And yeah. it's also tough for us. It's like, you know, like I was talking to our drummer, like one of our drummers is in, the, is in Milwaukee. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, that's a little tough for us, you know? And mm -hmm. then there's other people that, you know, maybe not be ready yet. I don't know. They, we were in Sudbury and like, you know, there's a drummer in, in Toronto, there's a drummer in, in, in Montreal. There's, you know, even, Barry in Vancouver, which we we toured with, I you know we haven't toured with them for a couple of years, but I always bring it up every time we're hanging out. It's like, hey, yeah, you got to come tour with us or whatever again, you know. And but you know, geographically, it's a things are tough, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, it's like Dusty's got a couple of kids. He's working at the post office here, but he was never intended to be the touring drummer. We all knew that he's just around, so we might as well you know make some songs together i like yeah. drumming so you know and sometimes it's just, it's just that simple it's not yeah. it has nothing to do like it's not you know it's like he's a great drummer i need a great drummer to write play some songs with and it's like let's do that while we're off the road right and and we always kept everything sort of open that way i always have like it, to me it's like it's just my friends kind of just helped me through my little musical crusade yeah right? yeah and it you know I'd, i i think i'm done with having you know jeanette has been in the band since 2011 and that's you know we live together and all that and mm -hmm. you know and it's not complicated at all it's a, we actually love doing what we do and we love touring together we love you know playing together and that's very easy but you know it's been hard it's out it's here's the thing it's just we play a lot and it's just really hard to keep a band together oh yeah it just it just really is and if yeah. you don't look at it that way then there's nothing stopping you right mm -hmm. and it, to me it's like lots of times we're on tour and then someone's like hey if you they, they know now that we're, we're probably gonna need a drummer at some point you know and they're just like hey man i'd be interested and i take a note of that and if i like the person and i like their drumming uh, you know i'll just say hey man we're going on tour for two weeks i don't know if you'd like to do that but uh, here's what we uh you know here's what we got and usually you know you you, you get a sense of like knowing who will, will be able to do it and some people are lifers and they'll do it and it's like it's amazing you meet people your age that are still down for it it's like yeah you know i thought that maybe i'd be like you know, grabbing 17 year olds to play in the band. It's like, yeah, I want to tour or whatever. But no, it's been pretty, it's been pretty good. Like, you yeah. know, so, I don't know, yeah. knock on wood, but I mean, like we've been able to find some people pretty close to our age. And Yeah. Know, that's important because taking an yeah. 18 year old on tour for, a, for their first tour no, is no. not a good idea. But, like, I mean, it's just as bad as taking a 40 year old. On tour for <laughs> yeah. first tour. It's, it's just, it's not a good idea. It's not podcast. a good idea. Age appropriate is good. Yeah. Uh, someone who, I, yeah, you know, it's almost good to have somebody who's going to take time off work to, to yeah. go on tour because they yeah. have a responsibility. You know, I was going to, one of my, my, my always questions to, to guys and gals in, in that, that still play in bands is, is there a part of you that like that 20 year old in you 
that sort of throws caution to the wind. Is that there? Are you more cautious now with how you put yourself out there when it comes to touring or for partying or like how do you how do you manage in in this well, day? You you learn first of all, mm-hmm. you know. And and uh, for me, it's like here's the thing I tell people: it's either you're going to be a musician or you're not, right? So I don't think being a musician is not having other work. I don't think be, being a musician is uh, is what it used to be, right? It's a, there might not be as much money and that kind of thing, you know. But then again, it, it, we, every time the most popular musicians always made all the money, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, but for me, it's more it's more of a life. It's more of a lifestyle. It's just it's what I do, and it's not going to change. And mm-hmm. you know what? And so be it. And the consequences are going to be the consequences. You know, maybe I'm not going to be the the one with the beautiful house and all that kind of stuff. Or maybe I will. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? But the thing is, I'm not I'm not doing it for those reasons. I'm doing it because I love to do it. I love to travel. I love to play rock and roll. I love people singing my songs to me. I love all that little good stuff. I love when someone buys one of my records and I get to talk to them and they're into my music and, you know, that kind of thing. I, you know, I still get off on that. Mm-hmm. Some people don't. I do. It's a choice I've made when I was 16 years old, probably. And why does it have to change? It's just, why do I have to become this other person that I am not being honest with myself being Mm -hmm. Uh, for me, you know, yeah, I don't have kids, so it's less of a challenge. Um, And for me, it's just, it's just a decision I made. I'm just a lifer. And I like, you know, it's, and it's funny because people are just like, I find sometimes a lot of my friends are supporting me because they're just like, wow, he's actually still doing it. That's kind of crazy, you know, Um, because, you know, I'm not that young and, not that old, but you know, I've been around since the '90s, and that's a thing now. It's like, oh, you've been around since the '90s. It's like, yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, you know, you run into lots of bands. It's like, hey, you know, it's like some people are like, and, and I love it sometimes because some younger bands think I'm like their age, and I'm like, hey, cool, you know, like, <laughs> but you know, it's like, and then you know, once you play your first, show, you know, when I started playing shows, there was no internet and like just posters and like magazines, and that's how you found out about stuff. And I'm like, uh. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah, we used to book tours on phones, man. Yeah. We used to like, you know, have big phone bills just yeah. for booking a tour. And that was like kind of a problem, you know. Yeah. And it, you know, that problem doesn't exist anymore. And you yeah. know, you can literally, you know, access any music. And you know, if I want to hear a band, tell me a band, boom, Google, boom, done. Yeah. You know, and then unfortunately I'll probably listen, you know maybe not enough of it but you know there's a time where we we went and saw a band live and then we fell in love with them right yeah yeah that's true I, it's funny you say phone bills is we had a few scams going one was uh we had a friend who managed a hotel in winnipeg and yeah. he had an open line so we would call in for free and then he mm-hmm. will call out for us and then listen in while we're calling and all we had was maximum rock and rolls book your own fucking life so we would travel without shows and like we'd have the first couple of weeks booked and then start booking right. while we're going. Not your own tour. Yeah. yeah. And we would be booking as we go. And then we'd show up to like a house like in Fargo and the house is like, it's like, there's nobody living it anymore. You're like, what's well, happened? Oh, that guy, he got, he, he got thrown in jail. He doesn't, you know, that, I guess the show's canceled. And then we go find a show somewhere. Like that was our existence in the early nineties. And uh, I, I realized like, as I started tour managing bands, like that was the most ridiculous plan ever but it was also the most fun and adventurous. Would I do it today? 
never, no way, no would I do well, that. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that, but uh, I think it was 2000. I remember do, I have a great story of doing that exact thing in like 2013, um, <laughs> you know, or 2012, which is kind of pathetic. But we we were going we we're out east and uh, we were going to play in Newfoundland and uh, we were in Sydney and we stayed at our friend Anna, uh, Anna from Red Mass. I don't know if you know Red Mass. Hmm. No, from Montreal, great, great the uh, garage punk band. They're amazing. Um, but anyways, Anna's parents have a place out on Cape Breton Island, and uh, you know it's, it's around Sydney. Yeah. And then we had a couple of days off, so I started hanging out with her dad because her dad is actually a really cool guy. Paul is super interesting guy to talk to, and uh, very smart guy. And uh, he's like, "Well, you know, how do you do it, Danny?" I'm like, uh, "Well, I don't know." He's like, "How do you book a show?" And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, there's so many ways to book a show. It's ridiculous. He's like, well, I'd like to show. I said, well, we're coming back the next thing. We, there's a Tuesday that's open. Um, do you know a bar around here in town? And he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, I know a bar. I know the owner of this one bar called the Blue Water. And I'm like, that's a good start. Um, okay. <laughs> Why don't we go for a drive? We go see him. So we go down there and then uh, I talked to the owner and he, and it was, it was kind of funny. He's like, uh, he's like, yeah, we're from Montreal. You know, we're, we'll be back here on Tuesday. Uh, any possible way to play a show here? You got a PA and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, how much money you want? And I was like, oh, this is way easier than I thought it was going to be. So I gave, <laughs> you know, I just gave him a number and he's like, yeah, sure. That'd be great. I was like, cool. Hey, how about you give us that number? You know, because, you, you know, you get so used to it. So give us that number as a minimal and then we'll take the door as well. We'll charge at the door. Would that be something to work out for you? And Anna was there. I was like, you know, a couple of punk bands from here or whatever. Yeah, we know a punk band over there. I was like, great. We'll get them to open. And also we started this whole thing. We get, we went back to Paul's house and Jeanette got on her computer. She made a poster. We went and printed the posters. Boom, 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 boom. We came back after and we had a pretty good show. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, how, how do you do it? It's like, well, I don't know. I just had to convince the bar owner it was a good idea to have a show on a Tuesday. And, you know, and, and it worked out. And, uh, you know, and it, of course, you know, we're in Cape, on Cape Breton Island. We're in Sydney, in Port Sydney, I think. Mm -hmm. um, just a little different than not Sydney where Governors is or whatever, but like just a little outside there. And there was one band called the Wazoo. I still remember it. And they, they were uh, they were a really cool band and they were really cool people. And they were stoked and they brought their friends and, hey. We had a show on a Tuesday night and just because Paul asked me how to book a show. And I mean, you know, and that, that's how these things happen. And we were like, why not? You know, it's like we're going to pick up the money and, you know, keep going. What yeah. are we working on tour for? You know, we're getting yeah. off the party that day. Might as well work. Yeah. 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 We would book, uh, we book house shows and uh, we'd be in Montreal and we could find a show in every house between here and Toronto. We'd play like a week of houses, like usually yeah. like Coburg, um, you know, Kingston. Port Colburn, like all these weird little towns and, and play in someone's basement. And we, we played more basements on one, like over three months, but we booked them all like two weeks in advance. And I, that, you know, that it sort of comes back to my original thing. Like, you know, is this something, you know, but there's a, there's type of, there's this sort of like level of, as I, as I personally get, like, it's like, I want to be sure that what I'm doing isn't wasting other people's time, you know, like, and oh, yeah. you know what I mean? And it has a purpose. And that's why everything I do now has to be booked and make sure that we're doing stuff or make sure we're staying somewhere. And well, there's the conscience that you get eventually where you respect someone else's business, right? I don't yeah. want to play 
like honestly, I don't want to play a bar and have a bar owner, small business, lose money, have a bartender not getting any tips, have you know what I mean? Like I I'm very conscious of that. Yeah. You know, it's like it, you know, I, I don't want to chase any of their customers out. I want to make sure that they, you know, hey, mm-hmm. like I mean, eventually it's like you 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 start, you know, because you're like the same age as the bar owner and you're just like oh man that guy's gonna take a hit because i'm here and i'm like yeah that's that's not cool and sometimes it sucks so you just kind of you know you're nice about it and try to show them a good time because in, in the end you're, the, you're still an entertainer and yeah. you know even, even sometimes <clears throat> that's one thing that people one thing that i caught on to when i was really young i started playing in in bars and cover bands right as a bass player when i was 16 years old you know 16 18 that's pretty much all i did i i have quite i i got expelled out of high school i don't really remember going to high school which is <laughs> pretty shitty but you know thursday fridays and saturdays i play that bar you know and uh whatever but it's one thing that i learned right away that you know okay wait a minute you know we're the entertainers here um we're here to entertain so if the night is kind of crummy it's probably my duty to like keep the people in the bar happy even if they don't like my music you know what i mean yeah. so it's like maybe maybe what i'll do is you know talk to them get to know them make them laugh a little and that's sort of like one of the things that we've done really well with danny Lodge and it looks is like probably every town that we go into we know every regular that sits yeah. at that bar and you wouldn't believe how much that works but now we've we have relationships with people that are just people that no one talks to in that town you know what i mean wow like we, yeah. we you know we know this this guy nobody talks to him because he's just the drunk at the end of the bar but you know what we treat him with respect every time we go there and you know what he's got three or four friends you know mm-hmm. eventually and then they all do and then it's like hey Dan, and you can tell when you're talking to some of these people and we we love i i love talking to people i love knowing people i don't care who they are what what they do for a living how poor they are how how rich they are i don't care you know what i mean so i don't care what nationality they are i don't care i just want to know the person and you know what and then eventually it's like yeah hey terry so you're still at the plant you're still doing that you know how are your kids doing that kind of thing eventually that catches up to them and you know and then they you start knowing them and then you know and then some of them i you know I talk to like bartenders are like they never stay for any show they stay for you guys you know it's we spent that happy hour having three or four beers with them and got to know them and then every time we're in town they stick around they buy our merch and do that kind of thing but sometimes it's pretty sad because you know that that no one talks to that person yeah and you can be that person in someone's life so when you get into town some of them are just like eventually they just get i give them my number sometimes and they're just like hey you know when you come into town i'm really excited and you can tell like you know, um, you get there and maybe they've been waiting all week for you to kind of just show up. And I think that that's a very important part of what you're doing that people forget about. They yeah. really forget about that. What you're supposed to be doing is entertaining someone, yeah. you know, and, 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 and bring them, let them forget about their shitty life for a bit. And some of them, you know what, for sure have a shitty life and a hard life. Yeah. And, and you know, and that's probably the reason why they drank so much. Yeah. And, but who am I to judge? I am not there to judge. And if I can bring a little bit of joy in their life and give them something to look forward to, that's a very important aspect to doing what we do. Yeah. And it's something I thought a lot about 
in the last year and a half because you know it's what's what's my purpose right and mm-hmm. what's that maybe that's my purpose in life and yeah. maybe you know being an entertainer is more than just what you're doing on stage it's 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 about bringing people itself of of way of how do i say this uh, bringing you know the reason to live really it's like the reason to live is like, i'm coming back next month and uh, you know and whatever we'll have that conversation again you might not have talked to anybody for the last month <laughs> yeah no that's that's amazing and it, and, it, and it's not just the people that are you, you you don't that you know like the drunks at the end of the bar it's it's the people in that community that come to you because they can they think like you and they associate themselves to be like you and and that's what we were talking a little bit about lowest low and that's ron hawkins that's his magic sauce is that he he writes words that people just go oh oh okay i get well, ron, this i ron get it a, you know ron is a phenomenal songwriter and yeah. he's, he's a great guy period yeah. like you know it's like it's, i remember when I, I like i moved to toronto in 2009 again i started playing all these little bars just with me and my my acoustic and this is sort of how danny lajana look started right mm-hmm. and I remember meeting Ron because I was a fan of Lowest of the Low, and I was like, "Oh, you know, I got an opportunity." It's like, "Hey, uh, yeah." But every time I'd run into my, Ron down the street, he remembered me. I went and saw my graffiti's or whatever. And yeah, yeah. Place is gone. Excuse me. Yeah, I, lo- I and yeah. I love Steve. Like Steve. Steve's Steve great. Gave, Steve gave me the Saturday uh, matinees once and uh, that kind of thing, and that worked out really well for a summer. And then we became friends, right? And I, yeah. I hung out there a lot. But Ron, you know running down the street. Hey, how's it going? Remembers your name every time. And yeah. it's like, those are things that I've learned from people like that. Even guys like uh, John Bora, mm-hmm. you know, which I don't know if you noticed, we have a John Bora song on the record yeah. called, called who's picking on you. Um, <clears throat> and uh, yeah. And like, John is just one of them people, you know, he's, he's a complete professional, amazing entertainer. And, uh, you will learn going to the communist daughter between five and eight and watching John Bora play with Sam Ferreira. You will, I've learned so much going to do that. Between yeah. five and eight. I call the church. It would be called mm-hmm. church for collapsed Catholics. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, but it, it, you know, I've learned so much just seeing these people and Ron is, you know, obviously Ron is, is Ron, you know, but they're professionals yeah. and they're masters of what they do. Yeah, master songwriters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they're caring people. They're they are people that you should look up to as a musician. Mm-hmm. Period. They do great things for people, and uh, they they you know they have integrity. It's beautiful. You know. Yeah, and it's something to aspire to. Absolutely. You know, and uh, I I've, I've mentioned this a few, but I'm actually doing a documentary on Los Lo. So oh, yeah, great. so I'm starting from like the early days. Well, I don't know if you want me to speak in it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'll just take the soundbite and use that. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's beautifully said. Want, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I I'm definitely like talking to people in and around the community. Uh, I'm taking a little not, ro- road trip out to Winnipeg to talk to John K. Sampson and uh, and, and Chris Hanna just, from Propaganda. Yeah. It's not just Ron. It's also Steve Stephen Stanley. Yeah. Also, you know, and and I'm sure that he's going to be part of the documentary oh, yeah. in some way or another. Like, I mean. Um, you know, and Steve is another one of those guys. They, they're, they're very genuine people. And, you know, like Steve makes me feel as important as anybody else. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's, they're good people. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And good. And, you know, they have a, there's a new incarnation of it because Steve's been out of the band for a while and, yeah. and, and, but, um, uh, Lawrence is there. He's always been there. Um, and David, obviously Alexander's still there. 
and they got Greg Smith, who used to be in um, David Dini's yeah, band, and then I, um, I, I, um, Weaker Dance. Yeah. But I know Greg. Yeah, Greg's a great guy. Another stand-up guy. I think actually the last time, I'm pretty sure the last time our last show we played um, March sixth at uh, at the Horseshoe. March 6, 2020, um, at the Horseshoe, Greg was working that night. Yeah, he's bar back there. Yep. Yeah. 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 So. Well, we just booked some shows, some lowest of the low shows in December. So we'll, uh, I'll maybe uh, we'll get Ron to get in touch with you and bring you down and do some shows together. Two right. shows. Actually, three shows. I think there's two at the Horseshoe and one at least Palace. Yeah, let me know. We'd yeah, yeah, to- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I think, you know, a couple years ago or something, I I think I, uh, I gig-hawked ron um but it just couldn't happen or whatever but i think i gig hawked him for buffalo or something like that yeah I call it yeah, yeah. And yeah i call it gig- oh no yeah we were looking for a show in buffalo and then you know the town the hall that- town hall is that what it's called the mohawk i think oh, okay the yeah. town hall where he plays or yeah. whatever I think he hooked us up he he sent us over to the mohawk it didn't it didn't work out but you know yeah. i call it gig hawking when i ask someone it's like hey man uh, <laughs> i ever play on a bill or, hey, or can i can I? Can you just help me out or something? I need to just play in Buffalo that night. You know? <laughs> and I, I knew that he was playing there or whatever, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, he's like, I already have that figured out or whatever." But maybe, uh, maybe this time he doesn't. Have to well, you got months to, to to plan it out. We definitely, yeah, uh, for we're sure. still open in December. You know. Yeah, you're looking for dates in December around Christmas time. We're yeah. still open. We're yeah. Still open. Yeah, I uh, well maybe there's some Northern Ontario shows that the low can come up, and maybe we can uh, gig hawk you and get some shows up there. Um, you I'm know. always open for a good gig hawk, especially <laughs> from a Ron hawk. There you go. Yeah, for sure. I um, well, let's you know that you said let's let's play who's picking on you because you've been talking yeah. to Melissa. Oh, and you know this this. Sorry, go ahead. I just wanna, this song. Um, I have heard that this song. I shouldn't say what it's about, but this song is apparently, and uh, John didn't tell me this. Uh, one one of my friends told me this. Who knew? Who knows about the song? Or apparently, but apparently it's about this uh, this uh, this girl who's singing, and there's a little boy who's like teasing her, like three year olds, right? But it's amazing how a song like this um, can perceive in a total different manner. Okay, right? And and that's just quality songwriting right there. Cool. Here, Here we come. Shining 
I've been hanging out with them with them for the last two uh two 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 days or whatever and uh so i'm like okay because the whole crowd's just like that it's been like literally 25 minutes and he just hasn't come on stage and i'm like okay good i'm gonna go find him so i look everywhere and i like go outside i open the front door of the catacomb and i'm like uh chai chai and he, he he's like danny i'm over here and i'm like all right cool so i go look back there and he's like help me put my pants on i'm like dude no like put your pants on it's been 25 minutes your whole band's freaking out do you know it's like it's always like this i'm like just who cares just go on stage like i want to watch you play like we've been hanging out for two years uh, for two days and i just actually just want to see you play yeah get on there so he finally like he's put puts his flashy pants on oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. flashy pants you know and and he, he puts them on you know because he was like literally like you know he he didn't have pants on you know it's like you know i'm not helping you with that either and uh, you know and uh, so he puts on his pants all like putty like you know he's he's, he's putting a bit because i won't help him with his pants and it's just like you just put them on so he finally puts them on and then i finally i was like okay i'll hold you by the hand and that's that that's exactly what he wanted and then you know i guided him to the thing and then he got through the crowd and everybody's like yeah try that's the last show i've seen him play and mm. it's that's that's chai pig man that's uh, that's how you want to probably see the last show you've seen with him is probably having you him ask you to put his flashy pants on yeah you know? yeah it was tough though like towards the last year ends of like the years of his life i knew him like when he was like when snfu was like a like a light switch you just and you turn it on and boom every night 30 dates in a row he never lost his voice he never was late. Just incredible. Force incredible. Like just back trying to do backflips and just like, you know, and he was, like, uh, you know, getting I on, like, right? 
I like how you said trying to do backflips. Trying to do backflips. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He would just go for it anyway. Right? He would try it. And yeah. like he would he would like sweat and he was like he was like thinned as it was and just sweat and you know I learned something like either you're in it and you you're in it that much and no one's going to be in it that much. And yeah. um how he, are you Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, like he he just would not stop and then you know i saw that documentary and it really kind of broke my heart because i was like oh that's not the chai knew and then he lost all his teeth and then you know cut to i think it was uh 20 february 2020 or 2020 i went to the pub 384 or whatever where he was there and uh it was just a shadow it was just a mere you know nothing you know nothing there he remembered me and he should, because I fucking shared a room with him for like that many years. But it was like he was—he he had this guy with him, this buddy with him that wouldn't leave. And I'm trying to like, hey man, let's have a conversation. And he's like, he's dying and drinking beer at the same time. So it really, yeah. it really did affect me in a way. It was like, yeah, that's not. Oh, like I mean, no. yeah, that was the way I saw him last. But it, it's not. It's you know, it, yeah. I I don't want to be that. Yeah, I don't want to be in that situation at that age. Yeah, you know, um, that's. You know, that's a whole other thing. But then, I, you know, I still have to, you know, I don't, I didn't, I don't know him as well as you do. I yeah. just you know, I hung out with him that those couple of days. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's, you know, it's also an eye opener. It's like, you know, it's like, I love that guy. Um, I love his music. Um, love what he did for punk rock. I love what he did for rock and roll. Oh, yeah. um, do I want to end up like that? Uh like I hate saying it, like you know, but you know, yeah, beautiful artists and everything, and it's but it, it was that was rough. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's he, like yeah, you know, one thing he was, just, he was always the real. He was that. That's who he was. He wasn't trying to be anybody else. No, and you have to sort of. There is only one of a kind. Now, if you see someone that sort of like starts seeing that trend of person where you start seeing them that way. I just there's one of a kind, you know what I mean. So I, you know, especially with because Chai never drank when when I toured with him, like he right. never drank. Uh, I think he drank early, and that's kind of what broke us and a few up in the early in the late eighties. Right. But he quit drinking and just smoked cigarettes. But he would drink like cough syrup and just do weird shit and like yeah, yeah. you know he was. <laughs> and that, that's heavy stuff, man. <laughs> he would you know. boil it down. He boiled benalin down. And uh, Rob Johnson actually is like he's uh, Ken. His name's Ken. He goes. He drinks so much Benelin, we should just call him Kenelin. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fucking nuts. But um but yeah, anyways. Yeah. So like when did sorry, let's let's sorry come around. I'm sorry, we, we got yeah. a little yeah, yeah. We're having a good time. We're having a good time. Yeah, that's right. So this album is out or is it coming out? No, it's out. It was out. it came out uh you know, it's so weird because we're not touring, but it came out uh June eleventh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple Friday what what last Friday? Is that what it is? Last week. Yeah. Some last week late. Week. Wow. I didn't get the um, scoop. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's the way things go. It's the way wind blows. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, uh, yeah, last week and it's, uh, you know, it's available all over the place. Um, you know, that we sold out of the pink final. I think there's some black left. And then I think record stores have the rest, you mm -hmm. know, so head down to a record store, you know, the, head down to your, you know, is this show based out of Toronto? So, uh oh, outside of Toronto. I'm I'm sort of like in the suburbs. Uh, I'm about an hour hour outside of Toronto. But your listenership is what is Toronto based or Canada based, North America based? Sorry, what? 
your listenership. Oh yeah, yeah, Toronto, Canada, mostly. Yeah, right. yeah. Cool, cool. Head down to your record stores. I mean, we all know the record stores that would probably have a record, and if not, just request it. And if they say they can't, they can't order it. They are full of poop. They know <laughs> you. Make the sale, folks. Make the sale. Yeah, man. No, I, I, it's really good. I like it, and it's good for. I, I've been, you know, just driving around, and and I, it's, it's good for driving. It's good music for driving. Cool, man. Yeah, uh, you know, and that's that's a, that's a total compliment because yeah. we do a lot of driving, and music is a very important part about our drives. I mean, it it saves our drives, it saves our tours. I mean, great records to listen to your records while you're driving are records that you go to all the time. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, you know, there's some records that, you know, you worked with Descendants before? A couple of shows, yeah. Yeah, I've known Stefan for 30 years, but yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, there's, you know, there's always, uh, Everything Sucks has always been a driving record in our yeah. band. You know, uh, you know, it's, I know it's not, you know, it's it's not, it's not Milo Goes to College or whatever, <laughs> but it's, it's just a great yeah. driving record. I don't know. It's like, you know, it's just everything sucks today it's like that's a great anthem for when you're on tour oh yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? like yeah. especially if you're hungover you had you know it's like whatever it's like you're driving out eight eight hours or kind of thing it's like that's that's a really good anthem to listen to absolutely you know? we went we usually go for the herb alpert that sort of gets herb, herb. yeah you know i mean the, the weird we do, have, we do have those weird you know yeah records. herb alpert in the prairies it seems to be a good like uh you know Super Taste of honey, right? Bam, bam, yeah, yeah. Sun Super is the sun's coming up. Yeah, put on some John Prine or something. Oh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. You know or like you know, you got those super psychedelic records too as well, yeah. and you know that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I had a Primus stuff. moment actually. We we're driving from Louisiana to Florida, and you know, when you drive like in Louisiana, you hit like these weird bridges, and you go over the mm-hmm. by, and then you, and then it goes, and then you end up down on the land. But I was listening to um, Pork Soda. And there's one of the songs, I forget what it's called, but it has like, you know, those little tumbly ball things that that kids, and it's going in time and I'm driving and it's like, I'm having this religious moment because the sun's coming up and I'm like, holy shit, it's everything's in time. And I'm like yelling back, it's in time. And they're like, shut up. (laughs) When we're, you know, when we're out West, we always listen to Black Mountain. You know, yeah, and mountains, and I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's just I don't know. We have tons of records like that. It's like we we played this game that we always talk about, and it's, it's kind of a lame game. But it's like, okay, what do we want to listen to? I don't know. Let's just turn. Let's just press seek on the FM thing and hope for Tom Petty. This can go on for hours, for hours, till you get a Tom Petty song. And the greatest part is about the Tom Petty song. Like no matter what song you're gonna get, it's all good. It's gonna be a great song. Yeah. And yeah. when it finally hits, it's like you're all gonna and you're gonna know it and you're all gonna sing. It. Like, you know, it's just stupid games they get on the road. That's one of them. There is an early 2000s moment before satellite radio when we're traveling and all the radio stations are syndicated. And I remember every single time I turn on the radio is Jesus take the wheel like that song. And I'm like, Oh my God, yeah. Jesus take the wheel. I'm like, okay, we got to get out of it. And then we'd lose the station. Then I'd hit seek. And then like, Jesus take the wheel beyond another, another station. I'm like, right. what the fuck? And no, you- it's, a, it's a total formula, man. It's yeah. like a, when we get, when we go out East, we actually change the game to Tom Cochran and, <laughs> uh, and, and rough rider. Yeah. And because if you're out East in the East coast, you know, you will hear Tom Cochran and rough rider more than anywhere in the country. I don't know why, but if you change the game to Tom Cochran and Rough Rider, uh, is, that, is that what it is? Red, Red Rider, yeah. And, uh, you know, you will hear either Red Rider or Tom Cochran. And that's yeah. that's 
that's where that game's going to go. At least, is, I don't know. It's either Lunatic Fringe or Life Is a Highway. One of those two songs. That's right. And, you know, and it's like you can go to down to like Michigan and hope for Bob Seger. <laughs> like this is that kind of thing, you know. It's, yeah. And we do we change it up once in a while, and it's like you know, it's even like a you know, the Midwest. You know, there's even the, you know, there's the John Cougar and stuff. And that's one thing that you can probably do a whole episode about. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. songs about, on the radio. Absolutely. Yeah, and it, you know, and and certain people that represent that place really well like you know what i mean it's like you know bob seeger really represents what michigan is like you know that not you know of course you'll have the stooges or whatever don't worry yeah. i'm a cool guy don't worry <laughs> i understand every i know everything that uh, i'm not judging man i'm not judging i'm, I'm just saying i'm not I'm judging cool anything but you know but, nothing beats a little night moves and, and all i'm saying and, 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 yeah you know there's not, nothing wrong with that first silver bullet band album like you know uh yeah you know it's like you know but i do love the trash brats i do love the trash brats you know and you know and i do love like all that mode. but we're talking about bob seeger here mm -hmm. you know who who you know and if you don't know, like he became huge because of Detroit, because of the big eight, yeah. you know, and that kind of thing. His first band was my band and they were huge in Windsor and, you know, and, it, you know, it's like, that's just common history about Bob Seeger, Right. And I know this guy who knows his son, like his oh, son wow. introduces himself all the time as Bob Seeger's son, right? <laughs> you know, but useless information, but you can be doing the same thing with like, you know, John Cougar when you're in Indiana. Right. It's oh, yeah. like, these people are like they really represent indiana like you know it's like a, don't get me wrong when i say bob seeger represents detroit like i mean he he does in the common man right like, I mean, yeah. like I mean, a rock it was like yeah. a wasn't it the chevy like thing for all like 20 sure. years it still probably you know, still is and all the punk heroes they probably don't like mc5 they don't really represent the common man they represent the, the lunatics yeah, yeah 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 you know and it's like bob seeger represents the common absolutely and, and, and you know john cougar you know represents the common man you know and uh, that kind of thing and that 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 very uh you know white man kind of thing yep. you know working at the at the plant yep. and that kind of thing i call it you know? uh blue collar rock like blue collar rock yeah you know yeah. it's like what we play blue collar power pop you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Some <laughs> people have to bring it around that. and then they're, and then they're like you know they're like you know they, they, they somehow compare me to like you know bruce springsteen or something i'm like oh sort of i guess so i come from a mining town and that kind of thing yeah, you know? yeah. so maybe maybe i'm that guy for northern ontario maybe you're like you know uh, northern ontario hope for danny lash we always never, need that we need someone to carry it and bring it home you know like you know, i'll tell you something though you'll never win when you press <laughs> seek you'll be pressing seek for hours <laughs> yeah it's like no i get it i get it no <laughs> but you gotta yeah, when you find your you, when you find your image, you know, being yeah. the guy, you have to hitchhike into town. That's right. the part of the image that we're trying to per, portray here. Is like that myth, I, the legend. Uh, Danny yeah. Lodge has just hitchhiked into town. Yeah, I hitchhike everywhere. I hitchhike North Bay, Kirkland mm -hmm. Lake, Timmins. No, really though, there's a van waiting for you that takes you. The no, no, I, I actually hitchhiked every show in North Ontario. It's a, you know, it's a thing. Everybody knows me, so I just get picked up right away. Obviously, and it works out really well for Thumbs me. Out. Do you have an extra big thumb that you put out? And why would I waste my van on that? <laughs> it's free gas too, by the way. It's yeah, free. it's free gas. Hey, man, and people, you know, usually they give me a couple beers, and we're good. You know, <laughs> I really, I, I really enjoy this, and you know, anytime, come back soon, and let's, you know. 
pleasure next time uh, we got some music out and whatever and uh yeah let those uh lowest of the boys uh lowest of the low boys know that uh you know we're yeah, ready we're absolutely ready. i love it thanks man all right cool man that was mr danny lage thank you so much danny for doing the show it was a, a pleasure a pleasure speaking to a, a like-minded individual who has been there and done that Thank you so much, and I wish wish everybody have a have a great week. Sorry, I took the week off. I was um, been kind of busy. Work has been kind of kind of getting on me, doing a lot of stupid dance. But uh, I'm not dancing. But we're doing dance shows. So everybody, thank you so much again for listening to the show week after week after week. If you want to be on the show, get in touch with me. Applelog.ca/contact, and that's how I met Chad, who is a publicist based out of uh, Vancouver. Who is bringing you new people like Danny and Dwight and some other people? And I got actually interview him because he plays in a band as well. So tune in week after week. Thanks so much. Uh, update on the I started back in um, into uh, documentary mode, so I'll be shooting some documentary stuff starting middle of next week. And uh, I've already started a little bit here and there, and, and I'm really enjoying it. I don't think it's coming out in December. Like I like imagined it to, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll have a trailer up by then. So everybody, thank you. Every week, tune in to this show. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. And, uh, have a great one. We'll see you. Bye.